Welcome, Wildcats, to the first ever Weber State Weekly Game Day show. I'll be the host today. I'm AC, and I'm joined by my guy, Dustin Chappie Chapman. Wow. It's here. Like, it's here. We're, we, have, we, have, we have actual football to watch today. Football season. It's finally here, Chappie. We started that countdown. How long? I mean, it was almost two months ago, and it seemed like it has just dragged. And finally, the day of the big game has arrived, and we can't wait. And Chappie, let's just dive right in here. Earlier this week, Weber State released the depth chart that so many people had been waiting for. I want to know, Chappie, what do you think about it? I think we're a deep team. <laughs> I'm it's impressive really to see top to bottom where we are uh, across the board. I'm I'm I don't know that I've ever seen a deeper Weber State football team. <laughs> It is. It's so deep just across the board at almost every single position. You're looking at the two deeps and you're like, well, I mean, hey, the guy who's our two deep, he could probably start at most big sky schools or maybe some other schools around the country. So, yeah, this squad is just so loaded. But I think the question on everybody's mind happens to be QB1. Who's going to be starting for this team against Idaho State, Chappie? Who do you got? Listen, uh, it's going to be Randall Johnson. <laughs> that, that's my pick. I, I'm imagining that Bronson Barron also sees time. I, I, I'm sure I believe that there's going to be, you know, Jay Hill. They did this a couple of years ago when Jake Constantine, when it was Jake Constantine and Caden Jenks, right? It, it seemed like Constantine was kind of the front runner, but Jenks saw time. So there's a little bit of a track record of them putting both QBs in at some point when they're trying to flesh out who the actual QB one is. They're going to want to see, I think both guys see game situations, but my, my money's on, on Randall Johnson. I think most people feel that way. And I'll throw myself in there too. I think Randall Johnson's going to get the start when you compare the two. I don't think that most people are familiar with Bronson Barron, right? He's local from American Fork, went to American Fork high. He, he's fresh off of his, his mission for the LDS church. Uh, Randall Johnson, on the other hand, I mean, he's got FBS experience. He just tore it up into the California JUCO circuit. He's mobile. We know he's got a big arm. And so I think that most people get that vibe that Randall Johnson is going to be the starting quarterback for this Wildcat team. And honestly, it's pretty exciting when you watch his tape and stuff and you see what his coaches have said about him. It's hard not to get excited about Randall Johnson. Yeah, I, if you're going to transfer in especially, you know, where there's only one guy transferring in, I think that, you know, you don't transfer in to sit on the bench, not to say that the other guy can't, can't beat you out of the spot, but yeah, but, but I'm with you, his, his highlight reel. Uh, it's exciting. He looks like he can both throw and run and, you know, there Jay Hill in his weekly press conference this week uh, mentioned Randall Johnson's progress and just talked about what a big, what a big guy he is, you know, that he's all of six, five and, and he's going to be a tough guy to bring down. And, and that makes me think that we we're probably going to see, uh, uh, you know, a quarterback in the pocket, but also a guy that can run around a little bit and, and maybe bowl some guys over on defense. In the California Juco circuit, we see a lot of talent there from the various schools throughout the entire state. And Randall put up some gaudy numbers. I mean, 2,800 passing yards, 800 rushing yards. This is a guy he's, I mean, he's big, right? He's almost like a Cam Newton type 
size, but he's also got the wheels like Cam Newton. And so that's almost who I want to make that comparison to, right? With Randall Johnson, Cam Newton, because of the size, because of the mobility and the arm and everything. And I, I think that he's a guy that Weber State fans can really be excited about. And who knows, he might be the guy that can put this Wildcat team over the top. But let's take a look elsewhere, Chappie. Do you, I mean, were there any other surprises to you with the depth chart? You know, um, the, the, I guess if I'm looking at a place where maybe I feel we're a little bit weak, it's it's at the kicker spot. You know, we've had such continuity there with, you know, Doug Lloyd and Trey Tuttle over the past, however, it feels like 10 years, <laughs> you know, but, but it's two new guys here. You know, Mackenzie Morgan is going to be our punny, punter. They list uh, Kyle Thompson. Uh, a freshman as, as the place kicker. Uh, and you, you, you don't want to say that, Hey, that's your weak spot. I mean, it's special teams, but man, special teams is a hallmark of, of, of Jay Hill football, <laughs> you know, that and the defense, he, he's always prided himself on having strong special teams. So I, I have no reason to believe that these guys aren't going to be good, but replacing both, both those guys last year. I mean, I, I specifically remember was it the play? I think it was the Kennesaw game last year. Doug Lloyd was the unsung hero, man. The punts that he had <laughs> kept us, kept us afloat, kept us in, in, in places where we could, we could win that game. And, and Trey Tuttle was, was automatic. And at the SCS level, it seems like you don't always get an automatic kicker and to have one was a very much a luxury. So, uh, so if there's a place I'm looking at where we're a little bit weak, something that's a little bit surprising to me, it, it's that. And the specialists, I mean, they are such a huge part of Jay Hill's teams, right? Just last year, we saw Trey Tuttle, who if he had played this year, we we know he's uh, skipping his senior year with the team. Uh, but if he played this year, he would have been the school record holder for points scored. He would have been the school record holder for, I think, field goals made as well. And so, I mean, this guy, he was he was phenomenal for us. And then on the other hand, you've got Doug Lloyd. So Weber State, I mean... The, the, in 2019, they punted it over 80 times. A team like North Dakota State, conversely, will only punt it about 45 times. But Doug Lloyd was so good at punting to his coverage that Weber State was in the top 10 in net yards allowed on punt returns. And so these guys, they're so good. And so I think you're right that there's something that, I mean, everybody's super excited about the offense. What is the offense going to do? The defense is reloading. But the special teams that have been kind of a crux for this team I mean, we've got new faces across the board. Yeah, and and quite frankly, what a, what a luxury it is that we're we're breaking down the special teams as the weakness, <laughs> right? That that's that's the thing we're focusing on. It's that's amazing that that we've come a long way. So, as far as surprises go, I think the one thing that a lot of people were surprised about there was a lot of talk surrounding the wide receiver group. We see Rashid Shahid and uh, T Mac. They're going to be lining up on the outside. I've heard a lot of good things about T Mac and his off season that he had. He was named recently named a team captain, and so for me, that was another surprise seeing T-Mac kind of make that jump uh, in the off season and seeing him really establish himself as a leader of this team, right? He not, I mean, he's not only in the starting lineup on the outside, but he's also a team captain now. And so that to me was a little bit of a surprise, but a pleasant one, as opposed to seeing, you know, a completely new uh, slate of faces on the special teams. What about you, Chap? You got any surprises? 
It's, it's that, I mean, that wide receiver group is so deep. <laughs> how, how amazing is that? You know, um, if I'm looking also at maybe another surprise or running back group, uh, it's interesting to see, you know, Josh Davis, of course, be listed as, as one, but Dante McMillan, you know, our redshirt freshman, that's, that's who they listed at, at, at two there. And of course we have a lot of depth at running back. We all know that, uh, I guess it's, it's interesting to see the redshirt freshman, uh, be slotted at number two there. Dante McMillan's been a pretty big name on this team, a, a name that a lot of people have wanted to see. He did red shirt in 2019, but for those who pay attention to recruiting, McMillan actually committed to Oregon, not Oregon state, not Oregon tech. He committed to the Oregon ducks coming out of high school. And so this is a guy that Jay Hill actually said could probably start for a bunch of teams across the country. And I mean, Weber state has had tremendous ability to develop the running back group, right? We, we saw Quinton Ganther just recently take a job in the NFL. So, I mean, we do really have a stable at running back. That's a super deep group that I think I know I'm super excited to see. And I think a lot of Wildcat uh, Wildcat fans are excited to see. And so Dante McMillan, a little bit of a surprise, a little bit of a new name for some people, but that's going to be a guy that we're going to want to keep our eyes on. Uh, Chappie, I, I want to move on. Who do you think is going to have a breakout year for this team? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see our, our defensive backfield, our cornerbacks. Uh, they were so young last year. They were the most inexperienced group and they did a, a, a great, you know, they did a workman job of, of keeping us in games, but they were just, they were young. Um, I think that group, especially Heckard, you know, he's going to have a breakout year. He's going to be a, a star on defense for us. And I think across the, the DB, uh, the entire defensive backfield, we're going to be a lot stronger than we were last year. The defensive backfield is definitely a strength for this team. I mean, they led the big sky in interceptions. They were playmakers pretty much across the board in every facet of the game. The blocked punt in the Montana game was Jacoby Harris, who's playing in that defensive backfield. And so there's just playmakers across the board. And when I look at it, and I've got a couple of players who I think are going to have breakout seasons. One of them is in the defensive backfield, and it's going to be strong safety Desmond Williams. Williams was on the team in 2019, but he had to sit. Um, and so he, he didn't end up playing any of that season. But this guy transferred in from Boise State. He's listed at 195, and I don't believe it. This guy is jacked. I mean, he is jacked. And so Desmond Williams, I think, is a, a dude that's super talented. He's going to get a lot of playing time this year. On defense, I'm looking for him to have a breakout year. On offense, I think I got to go back to T-Mac, right? I think that everything I've heard, his development in the offseason has been really good. And I think in 2019, he's a guy that we saw just doesn't drop balls. We had Devin Cooley on our show earlier this year as well. And Devin said that T-Mac might be the best route runner on this team. And so for me, on offense, I'm going to look for T-Mac to have a breakout year for this Wildcat team. I think that he's got what it takes to really step it up to, to go to the next level. So before we go on to our next segment, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Wildcat Rack. You can go to wildcatrack.com and get all of your officially licensed Weber State gear in preparation for this football season that we're about to have. We're going to have a home game in just a couple of weeks against UC Davis. Make sure to go to wildcatrack.com and get your the newest and best Weber State gear out there. 
All officially licensed, of course. So, Chappie, let's move on to the game this week. We've got Idaho State, our, our rival. Are they our rival? Our non-rival, you could say. I don't know. What are we looking for from this Idaho State Bengal team, Chappie? Yeah, it's it's a... Idaho State's in an interesting spot. You know, a couple of years ago, um, they almost made the playoffs. They were close last year. They took some steps back. Uh, they do have a, a, a quarterback now that is a transfer from Wyoming. They, you know, the if you read any of the stories on him, uh, when he put his name in the transfer portal, Idaho State was literally on the phone with him within 10 minutes and offered him a, a scholarship within 15 minutes. So, uh, so they, they, they really put the, put the, put the, put the screws to him and wanted him pretty bad and got him. And uh, I, I think that, you know, they have high hopes for him. Uh, it's going to be his first game in a little bit. He did start a few games for Wyoming uh, in 2019, including against Utah state, a game that they almost won. Uh, but I, you know, that to me, that's, that's, that's where we look at, you know, it's not, it's, it's definitely not a game. We expect Weber state to, to lose. Right. Uh, it looks like they have a, uh, a pretty inexperienced offensive line and, and to go with the quarterback. Um, so, you know, against a Jay Hill defense, none of those say good things to me. For sure. I mean, it, it's a defense that's returning a ton of talent, a lot of experience led the big sky in most major statistical categories last uh, in 2019. So yeah, I kind of agree with you, right? I think that Idaho state, I mean, early on in the season, last season in 2019, uh, they actually played pretty well. They were to the point where they were receiving top 25 votes, but people forget that because Idaho state actually, they, I mean, the wheels kind of fell off. Right. And it, it ended up being a, a, a pretty rough season for them. They lost a lot of people, like you said, like, uh, on the offensive line specifically. Um, I think that it's going to be an interesting combination, quarterback wide receiver combination with Vanderwall. And they've got a guy on the outside by the name of Tanner Connor Connor, who el- also happens to be on the Bengal track team as a sprinter. And he had a breakout year in 2019, had almost 800 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, I think it is. And so I think that that combination is going to be something that the Weber state defense is going to really have to focus on and try to nail down. Luckily on the outside, we've got Eddie Heckard, who's probably going to see, a, he's probably going to see a lot of Tanner Connor on uh, during the game today. And so I think that that's probably their most lethal combination on offense. Um, something else I kind of want to think about though, is that this Bengal team has lost 16 out of the last 18 matchups against Weber state. And so I want to ask you, Chappie, do you think that their past record, not just last season, but against Weber state over the last 18 seasons, do you think that that's going to, do you think that that tells us anything about this team, about, about this year's matchup? <laughs> not necessarily, but it does tell us that Weber tends to dominate this quote unquote rivalry. Uh, and you know, it, it's, it's a rivalry of uh, convenience, I guess, if you want to call it that <laughs> we're, we're the two closest schools, but you know, let's be real here. There's not a lot of, I don't know. There's not, not a lot of media crossover coverage, right? There's not a lot of trash talking going on with, with Idaho state fans. <laughs> so, uh, and of course a rivalry, always you have to have big games on the line and, have big, big plays and big games. Um, and then there just haven't been, you know, too many of those because Weber's been pretty dominant in the series. 
Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people like looking at the trends, right? Maybe it's to prove overall dominance or I don't know, maybe people think that there's a lot more carryover between their, these games than there actually is. The 16 out of 18 doesn't really say a whole lot to me, especially when this Idaho State team is bringing in so many new players. I don't really think we know what we're going to see, right? I mean, they've got a new quarterback just like Weber State, and I, I'm still not entirely convinced we know what we're going to see out of Weber State. We talked to Matt Hammer earlier this week, and he told us it's going to be a multiple offense. And so, I mean, we're going to see a whole bunch of different looks from Weber State, but I'm not entirely sure how much anybody knows about what we're going to be seeing from Idaho state. And so the past records, I think you can kind of just throw them out. Um, Idaho state. I mean, they did have a good stretch at the beginning of the season. Everything fell off towards the end. At the end of the day, both these teams, I mean, neither one of them have played in a long, long time. I think there'll be a little bit of rust. So should be interesting to see how things shake out a little bit later today. Well, and, and if, if, you know, if, if you were watching the, uh, the Northern Iowa, uh, South Dakota state game last week, you saw that rust, right? There, there's some rust. I, and that's two top five teams, right? Exactly. Those are two very, very talented teams. So I, I think, I think the, you know, all the players are going to be Jack. They're going to absolutely be Jacks. It's the first time they've seen the field in quite a few months. (laughs) Okay. But I, I, I guess my hope is that we don't get our, our expectations up too high and expect it to, you know, to be a 61 zero game, just, just because we're better. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. You still have to go out on the field. There's still, you know, we have a new offensive coordinator, uh, or we'll say new, but a new returning new, <laughs> new returning offensive coordinator. If that's the best way to say it, we have a brand new quarterback. They haven't played football in a really long time. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the first quarter is, maybe a little bit slower, you know, uh, I also maybe wouldn't be as surprised if, uh, you know, when we were talking to Matt Hammer the other day, we, we expected it to be a very explosive offense. I wouldn't be surprised if the first quarter of the game resembles a lot of what we saw in our offense last year, which was just kind of pound the ball. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way they start just to, just to get people in rhythm. I think it's going to be interesting going up against Idaho State's 3-4 defense because a lot of coaches have different opinions about which defense is better to stop the run. Over the last few years, we've seen Weber State go super heavy on the run uh, with the offense, right? And so some coaches like to have a 4-3 up front because it gives you more big bodies up front. And they think that that gives you more of an advantage on the line of scrimmage. But with a 3-4 and you've got the two outside linebackers on spreading things out a little bit on the line of scrimmage, some coaches think that that gives you more control of the edge. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Weber State counters that. The Idaho State, uh, their linebacker core is pretty experienced. They're bringing a lot of people back. And so I think it's going to be that's going to be the matchup when Weber State's on offense to watch. How can Weber State run the ball against this 3-4 defense? I think you're right. I mean, just everyone's going to be super excited to be out there, right? It's been a long time since they hit anybody other than their own team. And it should be, it should be interesting to see how things pan out a little bit later today. But what is it in this game that you think is going to determine whether or not it's a successful outing for the Wildcats? It's going to sound cliche, but just, just getting a win in that first game out. Hey, I, I, I have as, as much excitement over this team as I've had 
or any football team in a very long time. Uh, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's just be be happy with that first game uh, looking good and and hopefully coming out with a win. I mean, on paper and probably on the field too, I think this is quite a quite a big mismatch. Las Vegas agrees with us, right? The the point spreads have been I've I've seen the spreads varying anywhere between about 16 and a half and 20 and a half. So that's a pretty substantial spread, right? Like we're not the only ones. It's not like we're wearing our purple goggles here and and drinking the purple Kool-Aid. Now, like when you look at this game, it really is a game that Weber State should win. And I think that they should win it pretty handily. So to me, I, I realize it's their first time coming out in a while, but I think Weber State, in, I mean, in order for me to say that this game really was a success, I think that Weber State's got to come out and I think they've got to beat the Bengals by probably at least two touchdowns. Here's, here's my thing. And I think we should say this every week until it happens. The measure of success for Weber State against any team is going to be Rashid Shahid taking something to the house <laughs> on a oh, return man, and not having it called back, not having any penalty, having it be actual six points on the board. So I, if, if we, maybe we just go the positive energy route. If we just push it enough and say that that's the metric for success, maybe we can somehow in our, in our delusional fan way, will it to, to into existence. We're going to speak it into existence. <laughs> it worked. It worked for LeVar Ball. He got Lonzo to the Lakers, right? He spoke it into existence. We're speaking it into existence. All right, Jack, is he going to take one to the house tomorrow? Yes, he is. Yeah, we, we are going Steve Jobs and going like delusion into existence here, bending the will of the universe. And yes, I, I'm going to say that. Let's. This is a good opportunity for Rashid Shahid to to break the the curse of the. All right. Well, I mean, you heard it here return. first. You heard it here first. Chappie's calling it. Shahid is taking one to the crib today, folks. Can't wait. <laughs> anyway, I, I think that success against this team, it's going to be a little bit relative, right? But I think that overall, we really need Rashid to take one back. And we need to see the Wildcats win by, by multiple scores, multiple touchdowns, preferably. So, so, so AC, here's some for you. Uh, my bet is... With being, and this may even transition to our next topic, but my bet is there's going to be a lot of first time viewers out there, right? Or maybe first time in a long time viewers. I mean, there's no, it's Saturday afternoon. There's no other games on. <laughs> there's, we're not, we're not competing against the SEC on CBS. You're not competing against, you know, a Pac 12 afternoon game. We're not competing against any other in state schools. Sure. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to go. Well, one, they're going to, we are competing against SUU. Yeah. And that's wow. Okay. Due respect. Yes, thank you. But uh, there's going to be a lot of people on Saturday on Twitter going, how the heck do I download Pluto TV and how do I access it? But once they get through that, I think there's going to be a lot of first time people. So, uh, so what's something that they should look out for if they're, you know, if you, if you're a, a quote unquote, Weber state novice, <laughs> What do you, what, what, what's your pitch? What, how do you, what do you tell people they need to look for in this team? It's funny you bring this up because you want to know what happened today. So my friend from high school and we, I mean, we, we go, we go back, we've been talking for years now, over a decade. And he actually hits me up today. He knows I like Weber state. And he's like, Hey, how do I get Pluto TV? I want to watch Weber state. And he's a diehard Utah fan. 
diehard Utah fan. I mean, just crimson red through and through season ticket holder. And he hits me up today says, how can I get Pluto TV? And he, he actually had the game time in his calendar. So he wants to watch Weber state. So if I'm, what I told him, he's, he's hitting me up, asking me these questions. I told him, I was like, there's a lot of talent on this Weber state team, but I mean, if we're being real, there's a few players that stand out, right? It's, it's a few different all American guys. You got Josh Davis, Jerry Rice award winner. You got Rashid Shahid. Who's, I mean, he's gotta be one of the most electric players in all of college football. I'm, I'm not just talking FCS. I mean, every time the guy touches the ball on, on a return, he's a threat to take it to the house. Doesn't matter where he is. Doesn't matter if he's 109 yards deep, he's a threat. And so the other thing I think you got to look at for a guy like my friend here, who he's a Utah fan, Jay Hill, he's got a Utah pedigree, right? Played at Utah, coached at Utah. And I think that some of that has transferred over. Kyle Whittingham's teams have had a lot of successful defenses throughout the years. And guess what Weber State has? We got one of the best defenses in the entire country. So on offense, you can look to guys like Josh Davis, Rashid Shahid, a couple guys who are always threats to score points for you every single time they touch the ball. And on defense, you're going to see a lot of sacks. You're going to see a lot of turnovers. You're going to see a lot of hard hitting. George Tarlis. I mean, every time that guy steps on the field, it's like he's a freight train, just looking for something to run into. So it's an exciting team. And the defense is dominant. Yes. The, the Greek freak, man. How do you not love a guy with a nickname like that? <laughs> His, I'm telling you, he got that turnover against Montana in the playoff game. And when he turned and he's saying, hi, mom, on the Jumbotron, that was like my favorite moment of the whole year. I loved it. The guy's awesome. It was amazing. Uh, if I were to make one comparison, though, I do believe Jay Hill is very much a disciple of Kyle Whittingham. The one place that it feels like he is, differs from Kyle in, in a coaching sense is that he has a little bit of a flair for special teams. Like it, it, Absolutely. it, it almost seems there's going to be a fake punt at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and there's going to be an onside kick that you don't expect, or they're going to line up on the, you know, they're, they're going to line up on a two point conversion and do that, that silly thing where 10 guys go to the other side of the field and, and they'll actually run a play out of it. Like, Jay Hill definitely loves him some special teams excitement. And the thing I've always enjoyed about his, his propensity for special team plays, uh, big plays, I guess, is if you want to call them that, is that they almost always come at a time when, uh, when the team needs to be amped up. And it almost always does just that, you know. Swings the, the momentum. Yes. You know, I, I remember literally I was at Western Illinois, the, the playoff game a couple of years ago. And I mean, there were, there were multiple fake punts. <laughs> it was just like, they were just going to go for broke. Uh, Kennesaw state came last year. I, I remember sitting in the stands and I mean, they were inside their own 40 and, and, and ran a fake punt. And I, I was like that though, that takes some stones to that takes some stones in a playoff game to do that. And it happens almost every game, right? And you get people talking about it. I think it's a, a talking point amongst the fan base. When's it going to happen? Is it going to be on a field goal or is it going to be on a punt, right? Yes. So yeah, Jay Hill, he loves the special teams. And even when they're not faking things, they're just fantastic. You've had Trey Tuttle, you've had Doug Lloyd, you've had a couple of other kickers, punters, specialists come through here who have really made the, the special teams a hallmark of this team that's been a top five team in FCS over the last three, four years. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm, I don't know, if I'm going to make a pitch to, to, to fans of the other, other schools in the state, um, here's, here's the pitch I'm making. Okay. You know, I've watched a lot of football over the course of my life. So have you, 
<laughs> you know, uh, I, I do root for, I, I do like, like some FBS teams. Um, of course I went to Weber state, graduated from here. I'm always going to be a wildcat. Um, watching the thought came to me last week as I was watching, you know, Northern Illinois and, or excuse me, Northern Iowa and South Dakota state watching top level FCS football, you're watching mid to, you know, low to mid level G five football is, is, is to me is the equivalent, which means, you know, you could be watching a bowl team, you know, some of these, a lot of FCS teams, North Dakota state, I, those guys would be probably top 25 <laughs> most years. Uh, Weber state, I think would be close, but you are not watching a, a quality of football that is vastly inferior. You're, you're not watching, it's not like you're watching, you know, junior high versus high school kids. That That is not the, the, the comparison to make here. Yeah. And people, I think that that's a big knock. People are like, well, the FCS guys are smaller. Well, they're not as fast. It's, I don't know, man. Like we're putting dudes into the league, putting dudes into the NFL. And it's not just Weber state. It's all over. Our, our dudes are making interceptions to win playoff games. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not talking. Yeah. And, and we, especially speed, like Rashid Shahid is, is probably faster than any college football player in the state. <laughs> I mean, he's fast, right? He is, he is lightning fast. Okay. So, so that's it. And the other part of this too, I mean, if I'm, if I'm a novice Weber state fan, or if I'm a fan of another team, um, my, my pitch to you is this, <laughs> most of you, well, there is a very large contingent of Weber state grads out there that don't root for Weber state. <laughs> they root generally for the U or the Y and maybe a couple of Utah state ones. But, and a lot of that is just, birthright in the state of Utah. Like I get it. You're born in. And so, you know, you're born into the world picking red or blue, Like I get it. But the reality is to me, I think that happens for two reasons. Uh, it, it's family, but it's also the fact that for a long time, you know, and I said this for years, for a long time, it was easier to be a BYU or a Utah fan living in Weber County or Davis County. Um, and being a, you know, it was easier to be a resident of those counties and be a Utah or BYU fan than it was to be a Weber State fan living that close to campus. You know, you could live blocks from campus. You could live right here. And, and the amount of coverage, you know, when you turned on sports radio, they're not breaking down Weber State's playoff win over Montana on Monday morning. Right. They're just not, you know, KSL, the TV stations, they will do some highlights, but they're not, you know, they're not sitting there on on their afternoons, you know, talking sports or, or, you know, sports beat, whatever it is, they're not, they're not sitting there taking 20 minutes to break down the Weber state game. Okay. And so to me, that's why a lot of this has happened. It's just, it's been easier to be a fan of the U or, or the Y well, folks that's changed okay? in an age of social media. It is so much easier to be a fan of, of the team that you want to be, you know, uh, AC, I will let you speak to this, but I know you have, a lot of passion about the amount of coverage that's out there for Weber state this year alone, you know, and, and quite frankly, it's a lot of the reason that we started this podcast. I, I wanted to have, <laughs> I, I wanted to have something that was like, Hey, if you're going on a drive, if you're driving into work or driving into the office, you got 20, 30, 40 minutes, you know, why not listen to sports radio that's dedicated to the team and the school that you went to and the, the, the school that you like. I mean, I told you this earlier today, man, like if you 
think that there's not enough Weber state coverage out there, then you're simply not trying. Um, there's, there's stuff on everything and there it's on every platform. We've got it on video. There's audio, there's written from multiple different sources. There is enough Weber state content to get anybody out there educated on this team. So my pitch to people, we got the, the new NCAA football thing. It's all coming back. The, the football game, right? The video game. And I think that's something that people love doing in that game is taking an obscure team, uh, Alabama, Birmingham or Wyoming, or I don't know, Yukon. It's just some obscure team and taking that school and making them a national power. Right. And usually it takes a few years. Guess what? Weber state's right in the middle of your video game right now, because we were, I mean, Weber state was obscure just not that long ago. And now guess what? We're a national power. And honestly, this team is so focused and so locked in that I honestly believe that they can be competing. They will be competing for a national championship this year, whether in the spring or the fall, I think that they they will get a chance to go to Frisco sometime in this calendar year. And so, I mean, this is something that people love to do in their video game, take a small school, make them a national power. That's exactly what Weber state has done. Utah fans. If you want to jump on board, we welcome you. There's a lot of Utah ties on this team. Jay Hill, obviously, right. Quinton Ganther just coached up our running backs. We got some of the best running backs in the country. BYU fans. we got tons of BYU ties on this team as well. We got a, a bunch of coaches who went to BYU, Skylar Ridley uh, among them. And I mean, we're just, we're, we're a melting pot up here. We got, we got BYU guys. We got Utah, uh, Utah state guys, even now BJ Philly Moyatu coming in. Uh, we've got guys from SUU with, with Jared or Matt hammer. And so we're a melting pot up here. At Weber state. We welcome everybody come and join us for this awesome ride in 2021. Cause it's going to be so much fun and we're going to be competing at a high level. Oh man. Isn't that the greatest? And we really are like, I love the fact that our, we've kind of become a little bit of a breeding ga- breeding ground for coaches at the higher level. I mean, you know, uh, even starting as far back as like Jason Beck, you know, Jason Beck was, um, you know, quarterback at BYU came up here and now he's at Virginia with Bronco Mendenhall, you know, and, and he's, he's doing a lot. Um, Kevin Clune, who BYU just hired, you know, he, he was at Weber state too. Matt Hammer mentioned him on our, on our podcast this week. There, there's a lot of connections there, but, but I will say this too. Um, for those of you, I mean, those of you who didn't go to Weber State and you're a fan of the U or the Y, you are absolutely welcome here. My my special pitch is to those of you who are graduates of the Weber State University and and don't necessarily root for them um, on a on a traditional basis. Here's my pitch. Listen, <laughs> you didn't pay twenty thousand dollars to get a piece of paper from Utah or BYU. <laughs> Had you wanted to go there, you probably could have. <laughs> So to go along with AC's point, it is a lot easier to be a fan than it ever has been in the history of Weber State University. And frankly, you kind of owe it to them. <laughs> you know, you're a graduate. You're you're an alum of that program. Support them first. You know, it's OK to be a fan of another team. I see it all the time with FCS fans. You know, a lot of our Montana cohorts and, you know, Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington and Idaho cohorts, they, they end up rooting for, for Wazoo or Washington, or they, you know, they, they all have kind of a team up there, Gonzaga, a lot of them root for Gonzaga basketball and that's okay. But man, like if you're from Weber County, if you're from Davis County, if you're from Ogden, if you, if you went to school here, if you have a degree from here, like 
show up, man, <laughs> show up and put a, put a purple shirt on, on a Saturday. It, it, it is not, it, it's never been better. It has absolutely never been better. Come home. We yes. welcome you. We want it's, you, we want you here. We do. And it's, you know what? There's never been a better time. There's no other schools competing with us, right? Other than SUU. I don't know if we count them though. So, I mean, Utah's not playing. BYU's not playing. Utah State's not playing. We've got a national powerhouse. We, we know that there are a ton of people out there with Weber State ties. We, uh, we just got to look at the enrollment, right? We're coming up on 30,000 students enrolled at Weber State. And so tons of people got Weber State ties. Come home. We welcome you. So, Chappie, let's take a quick fly around the big sky. What's going on in big sky football action today? First game we got up are the dreaded Southern Utah Thunderbirds heading down to Flagstaff to play Northern Arizona for the Grand Canyon Trophy. First off, There's I got a know, trophy. Did you know prior to this week that there was a trophy? No, and it's a good looking trophy. It is. That is a surprisingly good looking trophy. Like, we, do we even have one with Idaho State? Is there a trophy? I, I've never no, seen it. There, there's no King Spud. There's no Grand Canyon trophy with Idaho State, which, again, back to my point, is Idaho State a rival? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, the, if we're looking at that game, SUU is just kind of hard SUU, man. They, I think Ed Lamb really had it going there before he went to BYU. Uh, no knock on, on on the coaching staff that's there now, but they just have a rough road. It's been a rough road. Northern Arizona is going to win that game. Next up, we've got the next kickoff is Weber State heading up to Holt Arena in Hokey Pocatello. Weber State Bengals, who you got, chap? It's going to be Weber. If I'm going to give a score prediction, let's go. Let's go 45 to 28. 45, 28. Wow. Yes. If I'm giving a score prediction, I've got Weber State winning this one. I've got Northern Arizona winning the other game, but Weber State's going to win this one. I think they're going to win it. I'm saying three touchdowns. And so I'll say, I'll go 35-14, Weber State. And the final kickoff, and maybe the big sky game of the week, is we have Eastern Washington, the Eagles, heading to Moscow, Idaho, to play the Vandals. 4.05 kickoff time in the fabled Kibbe Dome. Chappie, who you got? Yeah, it's going to be Eastern Washington, but it's going to be a lot closer game than I think people people think. Idaho, Idaho's on the rise. I mean, there was one poll that even had them ranked, and you know, I mean that that's good. I mean, I, it's it's time for Idaho sports to come back to what it was. You know, I they they've been decimated. That them going up and back down uh, was just not a good thing for them. <laughs> so I I think the rebuilding is in is in full motion there. They have a new quarterback. They are very excited about him. I think Idaho is going to be better than any, than most people expect, but I think Eastern Washington is going to be, be out for blood this year. And uh, they've got a great quarterback in Eric Berrier. They're out to prove something. Interesting. Eastern Washington will be playing that game without their head coach who just recently tested positive for COVID. And so they'll be having someone else come in and coach the Eagles for that game. I am going to pick the Vandals. Oh, I'm picking the Vandals at home. They're wearing their frosty white uniforms. New look for the Vandals. Look good. Play good. Vandals win this one. I think it'll be close, though. These, in my opinion, are the second and third best teams in the Big Sky this spring. Uh, I think I really do think it's going to be the game of the week. 
They're going to play again at the end of the season in a scheduling twist that this spring season has provided us. So each team, so Weber state as well, will be playing Idaho state in the last week of the season. They'll flip venues. So it's, it's going to be an interesting rivalry to see because I think that these two teams, Idaho and Eastern Washington can be competing for another playoff spot out of the big sky. So with that, we'll wrap things up from our first ever Weber State weekly game day show. It's been a pleasure. And we'll wrap it up how we always do and say Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. <laughs>